Hello, word bosses, and welcome to the Pinpoint Your Perspective podcast, where our mission is to enlighten you with tips, tricks, and pertinent information to perfect your writing craft. We will talk about all things writing and speak with writers of all genres and backgrounds. I'm Erica Parker, author of Pinpoint Your Perspective, Writer's Instructional Handbook, writing coach, ghostwriter, and editor at Lyrical Innovations. Let's get into it. episode of Pinpoint Your Perspective podcast, where we discuss all things writing. We do not discriminate. So today we have a special guest in the studio with us today, Miss JJ Winston, aka Judy Winston, and she is a dynamic author here locally as well as look for her nationally because her story, the anniversary, is amazing. And she's here today to share with us those details of how she got started Um, as well as let us know a little bit more about the process and what we need to be aware of here in the community about stigmas that um, that we're not aware of and kind of stepping outside of that box of that fear not letting that rule our lives so without further ado uh, Judy we'd love to hear more about the anniversary and how you got inspired to work on this project thank you Erica for having me my fictional novel the anniversary is about a family who resides here in Cleveland, Ohio, fictional, of course, as they come to terms with one of their members and their diagnosis of mental health. What prompted me to write such a very long novel, because it's like 423 pages. (laughs) For those who know me, I always have a lot to say. (laughs) But what prompted me to write this novel is I worked in the area of mental health and drug and alcohol treatment, Um, For 25 years, this has been my life's work, is to help improve the families and communities um, of our world, not just our country or our city. It all starts with us. Yes, absolutely. So why fiction? You know, what made you think that fiction would be the, the, the right platform to present this topic? Well, my demographic, I'm hopeful, will be everybody. But being African American... I wanted to write about an African-American family because according to the statistics, we have a really serious stigma issue in the African-American community. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to help break down some of those stigmas Mm -hmm. by educating our community. And I feel like it's such a serious topic that in order to educate, Mm -hmm. sometimes you have to entertain. So when you say stigmas, you know, and the stigmas that are afflicting the community, can you be a little more specific about that and then also what's covered in your novel? Well, stigma is defined by the World Health Organization as um, prejudices and stereotypes that make people fear a certain group. Okay. Okay. So people with mental health um, issues and drug and alcohol issues... Um, they've been made to feel sometimes that, you know, they can control these issues mm-hmm. and that this isn't a medical issue. Oh. It's a character issue. Oh. And therefore, personal. well, you know, what happens is it deters people from getting treatment because who wants to be those negative stereotypes and labels? Yes. No one. Yes. But the statistics show that one in four 
or approximately 25% of the population is suffering with a mental health issue and or a drug and alcohol issue. Okay, so when we're faced with these stigmas, and those are alarming, by the way, and very, I'm very saddened to hear that, but when you're faced with that stigma, so you're like, okay, now we have this, this problem on our hands, we have this issue, what do I do about it? So then the next step is, I'm going to sit down and write a novel? I mean, like, how did you get there where it's like, okay, I need to put this into this compelling story, the anniversary, which is available on Amazon and everywhere books are sold, but uh, I digress. <laughs> it's great, guys. I've read it multiple times. It's a great book. But how did you get to that point where you're like, I need to write a novel about you know, this stigma and how it's affecting the community? Well, first off, in order to write a novel, I believe you have to be someone who loves to read, and I do. Okay. And so I've read so many novels, and... I said, you know what, I think I can do that. Plus, you know, to talk a little bit about me and tell you a little bit about myself, you know, I have spent my career writing. So I have both a bachelor's and master's degree in social work. I'm a licensed independent social worker with supervisory designation. I'm also an attorney. So I have spent all my time writing. Now, that's a different kind of writing. But I felt like, you know, I had a lot to say. I have worked with so many families. And yes, the book is fictional, but I would say it's reflective of what a lot of people are dealing with in their families. And I just wanted to use my um, novel as a vehicle Mm -hmm. to help raise awareness. And besides my novel, Mm -hmm. as you know, I have a workbook that goes with the novel, but you can also use it independently. And I and did that. Is that called the Anniversary as well? It's called the Anniversary Behavioral Health Guide and Workbook. Nice. Okay. It is filled with lots of really good information, um, exercises. Mm-hmm. It has reading questions that go with the novel. Mm-hmm. But one reason that I decided to do that project is people were coming up to me and talking with me about my novel, mm-hmm. how much they enjoyed it, but how they still really wanted more information. So I decided to use that project as a vehicle to to give people even more information. Oh, my gosh. So let's just rewind for a minute. So you're saying that people purchased the novel, the mm-hmm. anniversary. They loved it. They enjoyed it. And then they then said, what? I want more? Yes. I want more information? Yes. That was the goal. And that's exactly what I'm... You achieved your goal. I have. And I'm still continuing to achieve my goal because I'm going around my community and I am speaking about mental health. I'm helping to raise awareness about mental health. So my novel has, you know, created some good, you know, in my mind. And also just to know that my novel, I always wanted to write a book. It's something that I always wanted to do. And Oprah says, before you die, you should create a list of 100 things that you want to do and you should cross things off. So I did that. At least one of the things on my bucket list. Oh, I love it. I love it. So I fell in love. Like, your characters were remarkable. I think that they were very um, multifaceted. It wasn't some, sometimes you read books and it's like they're flat as a pancake. Like, you just, there's no personality. You don't know anything about them. Like, but I, I fell in love with your characters in your book. You, I could tell that you had really taken some time to develop them. Um, so, my, I guess my question would be, you kind of left us on a cliffhanger. We're not going to do a spoiler alert because, you know, many of you have not read this book. So, we 
is to get this book into the hands of as many people as possible because it really is a great thing. It's a page turner. But you left us a little bit on the cliff. So do you have any goals in the future? You know, we give a little bit of time to, you know, maybe pick up where you left off with the anniversary. I am actively working on that project right now. And um, and that is my goal. That's the sec- one of the other things on my bucket list of life. Um, I just feel so very grateful, and I feel so blessed that so many people received this project so well, mm-hmm. and that people enjoyed it the way that they did, and that they're telling me that they do. Um, I'm just hopeful that I use this as um, a springboard to even bigger things, maybe a movie. <laughs> I love to see a movie from this. A movie in the future from this book. It's just that good. So tell me about, okay, so there is a, a section of your workbook in which people can actually take it with them either to the doctor or read it before going to a doctor appointment. Let's talk about that. Let's do that because I think that that was one of the goals for that project is, I, again, I worked in mental health and drug and alcohol for many years. And what I like to let your readers know is what I've done in my career is I was the client rights officer for one of the largest um, mental health and drug and alcohol boards in the state. And I did that job for 19 years. Okay. Um, I'm very well known across the state for my advocacy. And I wanted to have those type of principles in my workbook. What I believe is knowledge is power. In order for you to go in and advocate for yourself, help to eradicate stigma, you have to be knowledgeable. So I wanted to use my um, workbook to make that happen. I believe that there are things that your doctor or professional will be asking you. And when they do that, you need to be prepared. So oftentimes, they're going to want to know about your family history. They're going to want to know um, what your symptoms are. They're going to want to know how frequently you are experiencing your symptoms. Mm -hmm. They're going to want to know what you've done in the past Mm -hmm. to try to alleviate your symptoms. And so you need to start documenting and and anticipate those questions before making that visit to the doctor. Is that what you're saying? Absolutely. And in the workbook, there's a place for you to write out all these answers. Mm -hmm. And there's also a place for you to um, get some questions for your mental health or drug and alcohol provider. There are things you need to know about that person. You need to understand, do they take your insurance? You need to know, do they practice at the facilities where you receive your treatment? Those are things you're going to want to know. You're going to want to know if that person has ever worked with someone from your cultural background or from your race or religion. Mm -hmm. Those are things that are very important in the treatment process. You don't even think about that. And if you are the person, if you're the patient, you can't advocate for yourself. So this is actually not only a great uh, tool for those that are afflicted with the illness, but also the loved ones and the family members of those that are afflicted. Would you agree? I sure do. And you know what? That's one of the things that I want, one of the goals of my project is when I worked at the Adams Board, what used to happen is family members were most often be the people who would be calling for advocacy because they would see their loved ones wronged. Mm -hmm. So what I want people to know is some of their rights. Mm -hmm. I want them to understand that they do have constitutional legal rights, both in um, the federal arena as well as in the state and local. 
So, you know, people need to know that there's certain things that sometimes happen that are not really reflective of what's really going on. So what do I mean? Because that sounds a little confusing, and I apologize for that. I get it, but some may not. <laughs> yeah, so let me elaborate a little bit. It means that, unfortunately, our media, they don't mean to. What they do is they show stories that sometimes show mentally ill people doing things that are adverse to our community. Because you know what they say, if it bleeds, it leads. But there are studies that show that actually mentally ill people and drug and alcohol, um, it, I mean, people dealing with those issues are more likely to be victims of crime than to be the victimizers. But when somebody who has a mental illness does something that's bad, they run those stories 44% more than they run stories where people didn't have a mental illness and they did something bad. I just think that what happens is when people do things we don't understand, we try to rationalize it. We try to reason it out. And so... I'm going to give an example, like what just happened with the Las Vegas um, shootings. You know, really, we don't know why he did that. He never had any signs of mental illness or drug and alcohol issues. You know, we don't know why. But when people do things that we don't understand, that's the first thing we do is assign it to that particular, you know, disease. That's we right. Feel as helpless because we're like, oh, they have a mental illness disease, so you know, and that's unfortunate. Instead of trying to help, then we then point fingers and. And you know what? I think that sometimes people do feel like they are trying to help. Like we were at, began talking about the African um, African American community, excuse me, um, and treatment. You know, can we say that is wrong? that our community would say, you know what, you have a lot of problems. It's hard being an African-American person in a world where people who are in power don't always look like you. So we don't want to give people another issue that they're going to have to deal with. But unfortunately, because we're not dealing with it, it is inflicting our families, um, harming our communities, because we have not made people understand that this is something that is very common. It is a disease that you can treat and live a very wonderful life yes. like you would diabetes, arthritis, high blood pressure. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a number of diseases that people are able to live comfortably, mm -hmm. but they get the treatment. And that's what's important. We need to encourage people that it's okay and that we all have something that we're dealing with. Thank you for having me do that. So tell me a little bit about your process, because this is a podcast for writers, aspiring writers, you know, book lovers that are curious as to how their favorite authors have actually gotten to that end result of writing a book. So bring us back into your process from the moment that you have conceived the idea that you want to actually write a book to... It's in my hands and it's published. You know, how did you get there? Where, you know, for me personally, when I write my books, I get up at like 5 o'clock in the morning and I try to just like 
get as much done as I can before my well now three year old wakes up. I'm like, okay, if I can just work from like five a.m. to six thirty, you know, I can pump out some words. So for you, what is your you know your tried and true? Uh, process. Well, it's been a long, long process. Let's just be real <laughs> honest here. Um, it took me three years to write my novel. Okay. It was over 800 words. I was very repetitious. Um, it had to be cut down, which was really good because it was just really long. Um, and what I did to tell you some things that other people don't know that's mm -hmm. very different than other people. Mm -hmm. I wrote my novel on a tablet, <laughs> which I know. Oh, I'm gasping, <laughs> clutching my pearls right now, a tablet. And one reason why I did that is because I spend a lot of time behind computers. Yes. And it's really difficult for me to put my creative hat on when I'm stuck behind computers because to me that's a symbol of work. Yes. Like work, how I pay my bills and how I eat, <laughs> how I pay my medical insurance and all that good stuff. It's like, this is getting too real. My right. Off, <laughs> right. So my husband bought me a tablet. He's Mr. Techie. Okay. Um, of course, I never know what I have. I think I had it in the box for three months before I took it out. Once I saw somebody else with it and realized, you know, what I had. And since then, I fell in love. Mm -hmm. He bought me a new tablet that has everything that I can research while I'm doing, you know, things on it. Pull up, like, yep. and stuff. Yep, and I love it. Nice. And so it took me three years to get it done. Mm -hmm. It took a year for me to get an editor and get everything as best as could be. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I had this whole vision for my book cover. I'm, you know, I didn't want a stock picture. Mm -hmm. So um, I have a friend, Elsie Collins. You're getting a shout out here. <laughs> he is a, um, he actually is the executive director of one of our local methadone clinics. Oh, okay. And an extremely talented author. I mean, oh. sorry, artist. Okay. And I asked him to do my book cover, and he did. So my so book this cover. Is original piece of art. It is. Cover. It is. Okay. And he actually, he framed it as a gift for me. And I put it in my living room or my family room. And when I was working on this process, I would just look at it. And it helped to spur me to completion. But the people who know me know that, what do they say? Quitters never win and winners never quit. I do not quit anything that I do. So if I say I'm going to do it, it's done. And when I started this project and I put that much time and work into it, I was determined to make sure that it, I saw it to the end. So you saw the vision for the art, artistic uh, cover before you had even finished the book. Yes, but you know what? I'm the type of person that I only saw a little bit of the artistic cover. I believe in letting people do what they do. Okay. Mr. Collins is a very talented author, mm -hmm. and I gave him, um, I gave him creative leeway. And, and, and I was extremely pleased because, you know, I just love art. I can't draw a stick figure. <laughs> As a matter of fact, that's one reason why I think I wind up going to law school because I was always told by all of my teachers, family, friends, neighbors, that I love to argue <laughs> and that I should take that talent. <laughs> that's right. And when I was in my um, seventh grade or eighth grade art class, mm -hmm. I remember my teacher said, everything is art. And so when I turned in my final project and she gave me a C, I totally disagree. <laughs> I said, you said, everything is art. Right. So how can you judge my art? Thank you. That is so embarrassing. <laughs> There's an argument. She's in the right 
Now, I'm a, I'm a magistrate oh, now in family court nice. and to continue the work that I've been doing with, again, families, communities, trying to better our world. Okay. Um, I like to do a lot of fun things. I still like to read. Even uh-huh. though I do find it, I'm going to be honest to all my, um, all of your listeners. Okay. I can't read when I write because I feel less than, I feel inferior. Oh, my goodness. And I think that we all probably feel that way sometimes. Yes, you're right. But when I'm done and people just love my, you know, characters, you know, I go, okay, maybe I have more talent than I give myself oh my credit gosh. for, you know, but this is what I love. I mean, you know, I'm not somebody who would probably could do it full, full time right. just because I need to go out in the community and get more stories that I can twist up right. <laughs> to help illustrate. So I was going to ask you, that was the next question I know you said, you know, you been through um, some some things with some of the people that you've worked with in the past and you've observed some things unfortunately um, but I was going to ask you about inspiration I was going to ask you about you know that so is this is this people watching is this going to the park and watching people no you know? it's actually being right down dirty with the people oh, helping yes. them deal okay. with the issues that hit us all in life yes. okay. you know um, but what I, I mean, my story is fictional, mm-hmm. so I just want to be clear. So mm-hmm. for all your listeners, mm-hmm. this is not real people, but what I did, I hope, and what I've been told that I did mm-hmm. is that people felt like the characters were real and that's how to, be. to the point that I'm always stopped and they're going, do you know these people? And I go, no, I made it up. Right. That's what fiction is. Right. Okay. So. Do I need to break up <laughs> the actual definition of fiction? Right. No, I know. Well, I'm I'm always going to be passionate about this subject. I feel like the Lord put me on this earth Mm -hmm. to to be an advocate for this particular um, group of people. Right. Um, I do plan to do a lot more. I want to see my book into a movie. I mean, all jokes aside, I'm hopeful that my book gets picked up one day (laughs) as a movie. I would also have a goal. Oprah, if you're listening, sweetie. We the same sign, girly. Aquarius. Okay. I really would be most appreciative if, you know, that my book gets picked up for her book club. What I would like to do is really have people understand that if you have a mental health problem, if you're dealing with a a substance abuse issue, Mm -hmm. if you're dealing with alcohol, Mm -hmm. you are just like the rest of us. You're dealing with the disease. We all got uh, uh, something that we're carrying. And when we fall down, what do we do? We get up. Absolutely. But we get up with each other, helping each other. Yes. If I fall, Erica, I know you're going to pick me up, girl. Every and time. vice. Every time. And you I, pick me up on many occasions. <laughs> but that's what we need to do for each other. Yes. And Absolutely. that's what I'm hopeful that my book does. I hope it encourages. I hope it inspires. It is dark, 
a little bit. But you have to, you know, sometimes go through some darkness before you get to the light. So if you get to the end of my book, you will get to some light. I mean, of course, I do leave people hanging a little bit, and that's on purpose. You know, I'm a, I'm a salesperson. <laughs> when I was in law school, one of my professors made this really clear to me and to the rest of my class. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're an attorney, all you have to sell is your words. Same thing as an author. That's it. People buy my words. And people, they buy my word. So that's what I do. Absolutely. So. <laughs> and you speak. You have some speaking engagements. Yes, I do lots of speaking. some of your, um, your uh, speaking engagements that you've done recently or something that you anticipate in the future that you're excited about? Well, I've done a number of speaking engagements for my sorority. Um, shout out to Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated, first African-American Um Greek-lettered organization in the country. Um, I did a Eradicating Stigma um, a, a presentation mm-hmm. um, in May, which is um, Mental Health Awareness Month. Okay. I also spoke at the Cleveland Law Library. I've spoken at East Cleveland Library. I've spoken at... Um, I did something for the 100 Black Women of Cleveland um, on mental health and... Um, the Holiday Blues. Okay. I did okay. something from the for the Top Ladies of Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Um, we did a caregivers forum at South Point Hospital. Okay. So that's just the ones I can think of right now. Nice. And I do this on my, you know, on my time. Yes. You know, but what I've been very grateful and appreciative of is so much support. People have supported me. They've wrapped their arms around me and my project. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate that. Um, people have told me that they did not know. They didn't have a word for maybe what they were dealing with. Okay. Until I talked about mental health and they had some understanding. Like when I talk about the holiday blues, which I do do a presentation on that. Mm-hmm. You know, people have to understand that you will have depression if you're dealing with this only during holidays. Mm-hmm. So there were people who came up to me and said they didn't realize that they were dealing with depression. Now that was was very interesting to me because I normally get down a little bit in the fall and I thought oh it's because you know everything's dying around me the leaves are falling off the trees and they're dying um so I'm like it's just probably just normal because you know it's just a process of things dying and then you go through this dormant time of winter so I thought that that was normal for me to feel that way but you're saying that if it's happening around the same time of year it is it could be depression. Um, I want to be clear. One of the things that I stress in my workbook is, mm-hmm. you know, it's not easy and you should never diagnose yourself or represent yourself. Um, when I was in law school, one of the favorite quotes was, an individual who represents himself has a fool for a client. So you shouldn't diagnose yourself either. So one of the first things you need to do if you're having issues is to get a medical exam because sometimes there is an underlying issue. Mm-hmm. So we live in Cleveland. For those of you who don't get to be here, we do sometimes have dark weather yes. in the beginning from fall to winter until they adjust the daylight saving time sometimes. Let's be clear, like eight months <laughs> It can be dark here. So there are people who sometimes suffer from um, sad which is seasonal affective disorder. And that means that during when the seasons change, mm-hmm. 
is when they deal with depression. And that sometimes is due to a lack of vitamin D. There could be some treatments available where you wouldn't feel that. Just as simple as vitamin D. Right. Look into it. If it's something that's afflicting you, if it's something that's causing you to be down, and it could be something as simple as taking a vitamin D pill. Or getting a lamp that has a different kind of um, fluorescent light that mimics sunlight. And a lot of people who are dealing with that, once they use those different um, interventions, they feel a lot better. And then, but for many of us, you know, you're dealing with holiday depression due to the fact that you're dealing with the loss of a loved one. Mm -hmm. Um, When you don't, when you're used to having all these years of fun and you remember all Christmases past and Thanksgiving past and all these different things you did together and they're no longer here. That can be really hard on people, particularly if they start to lose a lot of people in their life. Like I know for me, um, I've lost a lot of relatives. I mean, I have a very large family, mm-hmm. but it's still hard. Oh, yeah. doesn't make it any easier. No, not at all. Wow, that's so interesting. Thank you for sharing that. So I, I want to end this with our time together with a little game. Okay. Just to bring it up a little notch because we've, we've been talking about some heavy subjects here yes. today. So let's, <laughs> let's end it on a, on a, on a good note. Um, the first thing is, let's get it out the way before we start having a little fun, is where can we find the anniversary and the anniversary um, handbook, or what is it? Behavior Health Guide yes. and yes. Workbook. So how can we find that? Well, you can search J.J. Winston, or you can say the anniversary by J.J. Winston. If you if you go on your, um, on your internet mm-hmm. and you put that in, Google, you will find me. And I have, you can get my book off Amazon mm-hmm. and my workbook off Amazon. Mm-hmm. You can go to my website that I don't, unfortunately, know by heart, the website. Yes. <laughs> I'm not, you know, I'm old. And so luckily I have, you know, some of my friends that help me out like Erica with my technical <laughs> issues. Um, Facebook, <laughs> yes, I'm on Facebook yes. and I'm under, again, um, I'm under novelist J.J. Winston. On Facebook, and I'm also on Twitter, I believe, under novelist JJ Winter. But if you go on Facebook, it has it'll tell you my Twitter on that too. There we go. So you can get the Twitter handle and the website and everything. Just go on Facebook and look up novelist JJ Winston in order to support her. She has a great story that she has told, and I'm telling you, it is life changing. So please go out and support her with that novel, The Anniversary, her debut novel. Um, so now I want to just play a simple, quick game. I just want you to blurt out the very first thing that comes to your mind when I say the following words. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. And it could be finishing the sentence. It could be, you know, something that's totally opposite of what I say. Just I just want to hear the first thing you think about. Okay. All right, let's go. First word is banana. Gorilla. Clown. Circus. Rainbow. Wishing under it? Unicorn. <laughs> uh, medieval? Ooh, unicorn and medieval. Mm, that's that writer in you coming out of it. <laughs> I'm, try- I'm, I'm like trying to get to unicorn <laughs> to give me the mega million numbers. Does anybody have those for me? You think the unicorn can lead me to the mega millions? Um, I'm pretty sure it can. He's got a leprechaun friend? If you call on the unicorn, it might be something a little stronger than <laughs> Right, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for spending some time with us today. Um, 
congratulations for creating this wonderful project, your process, your your passion and what drives you and what has driven you to actually pursue this project and just learning more about you and well, thank your goals you. and your bucket list. <laughs> oh, that's my question. What is what are the top five things on that bucket list that you still need to get to that you're like, okay, twenty nineteen is the year? Well, I like to finish my second novel in 2019. I really would like to have my anniversary two um, novel done. My fans are asking me for it, and I have to, you know, do that. Okay. Um, one of the things I like to do is have a really big birthday party. My husband knows I'm having a milestone <laughs> birthday, so I'm expecting a really. It is. Um, I'm expecting a really big weekend. <laughs> I am. 24 years, sweetie. After that time, you can expect. I expect, Doug, I expect after 24 years, uh, a really big weekend for my milestone birthday. Um, I would like to do a couple more things on my bucket list. I would like to travel to, I've been to a lot of places, but I like to go to some different places. I would love to go to Australia, and I would love to go to China. Australia, definitely for me. And Tokyo. I want to go to Tokyo. And, you know, I would like, to, for my fifth um, thing on my bucket list, I like to continue to do the work that I'm doing. I have a phenomenal judge that I work for. She has um, started a behavioral health docket. It'll be the second in the country and the first in the state. Wow. Um, she is a progressive judge, Tanya Jones, and very <laughs> loved. Um and so I just want to see and uh, help her do what she needs to do. That's on my bucket list, yes. too. And when I say that, we're all working together for one common goal. Yes. And that is to help, you know, our community. And when someone is working on something that monumental, it's like you want to kind of attach yourself to it. Like, okay, let's make history. Right. Like, whatever way I can help you do this, I am there. So and you know awesome. what? We're, this is something that she cares about, too. Yes. Um, there's a lot of people that I've worked with that this is what they do. This is like me. It's our passion. Mm-hmm. What we want to do is increase the lives for you know of people. We want them to have a better life. What's happening in our world right now is just outrageous. And you all know what I mean. Yes. The shootings. The suicides. Why are people killing themselves like this? Because you know what? It's the pressure. People shouldn't feel like that. Mm-hmm. And that, you know what they say, what rolls down, heal. And it rolls on to our children because they're the ones who are being pressured too, you know, because it's too much. And what we need to do is get together. We need to help each other. We need to lift each other up. We need to be strong collectively. We need to realize that we're all a part of something bigger than ourselves. Don't drop the mic since we are at the library, but mic drop right there. <laughs> Because that was real. And I think if everybody had that mentality, this world would be so much better. But that's okay. We just have to own what we do ourselves. We can't worry about everybody else. We have to own what we do, and then we move it from there. Correct? Correct. All right. Well, that was amazing, amazing time with you. Um, and for everyone that's listening, you know, we have told you how to get the anniversary, the book, as well as her guide. And um, we're just, just, I'm telling you, if you get it, be a little patient we're going to work on getting judy to put out that next book please by the end of 2019 i can't i I can't take this into 2020 this needs to be a 2019 goal i got a good plan for it i got a good feeling (laughs) 
making great headway. Oh, nice. <laughs> so, yeah. So, thanks um, for listening to us today. And please go out and support JJ Winston in the anniversary and her products affiliated with the anniversary. And until next time, Word Bosses, keep on writing. And please follow us on Instagram as well as Facebook to let us know what you're working on and how we can help you and what type of topics we can cover to help you reach your writing goals. Peace.